Okay, before we begin, I would just like to start with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just want to um, just thank you for this opportunity to just come up here um, and preach your word, Lord. And, and just that opportunity is a showing of your grace and your mercy towards a sinner like me, God. And, um, I just want to pray for everyone um, in the service tonight, God. I just pray that you would touch each one with not my words, but your words, Lord, and that everything I speak tonight would be your words, Lord. Um, I want to thank you for the, the ministry tonight, God, and for the music, and um, for Tasha coming up here and giving her testimony, Lord. And, um, it's just awesome to see how you're using uh, so many different people here, God. And I thank you so much for this school. Um, I just pray all this in your holy, precious name. Amen. Now, as we know, this is the first um, student-led sermon of the year. And there is something that often goes with the beginning of a year. Um, actually, the very beginning of the year, January 1st. And that is New Year's resolutions. This is something um, secular culture very much follows. You know, you hear a lot of people talking about, oh, I made this resolution or I made that resolution um, on January 1st. And usually it's something like, I've decided to quit smoking or I'm going to exercise more or I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to work a little bit harder at work. And certainly there's nothing wrong with New Year's resolutions. You know, this is something that certainly can be in Christian culture too. And um, these things that I've listed off, there's certainly things that um, Christians should aspire to and things that can give glory to God. If, if we could quit smoking and um, eat better and stuff, certainly God likes that. Um, but I want to talk about something a little bit deeper than um, just the New Year's resolution on January 1st right now. See, making a resolution is not just about a holiday. It's not just about something that comes up once a year, we decide to change our lives. Um, it's much more than that. And the reason for that is that, you know, we're, we're trying to serve God and live for God. And God doesn't work on a timetable like that, you know. He doesn't, he doesn't only work on January 1st. He works every day of the year. So, I would like you to open up to Psalm 145. Now, in my ESV, which I'm reading from, um, Psalm 45 is called A Song of Praise of David. So, I want you to keep in mind when I'm preaching this sermon that this is certainly a positive sermon. Um, there's other psalms, of course, we know of where David is saying, you know, please deliver me from my enemies, my enemies encamp me. Um, David went through a lot of trouble in, in his life, and it's recorded in God's Word. But that's not what this is talking about. Even though that is true, I certainly think, for, for me, this has been convicting to study this, and I would hope it would be uh, convicting for others as well. Because many Christians, I, I don't think they see 
the gravity and the importance of a daily devotion, which is what I would title this sermon. So, I'm going to just read uh, Psalms 145, 1-9, and then we'll talk about it. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. So, in talking about a daily resolution, the first thing that comes to my mind is that it's all about God. Because everything that we do in our lives should be about Him. You know, He should be our main goal. He should be the object of our affection. And everything should come from that. So, it's a daily glorifying of Him. I'm going to reread the first verse. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. So, we need to be extolling, extolling God. What does that mean exactly? It's kind of like I was saying before. It's just having God as being the highest priority in your life. It means when you're around people, they can automatically tell that you're a Christian. Because when they ask you, you know, what have you been doing with your life? What do you love? What, what's your favorite things? You know, you're saying, well, I love reading my word. You know, I love Jesus. I love what he's done for me. You know, maybe you're out witnessing to people. Um, so many things that we can do to extol God. But in the end, it's, it's all about putting him first. As being, again, the object and the reason for what we do. Now it says, my God and my King. Now we know that most people, or at least a lot of people in North America, would say they believe in God. You know, they would check the box as being Christian when they're asked what religion they are. But do they really believe God is God? I don't think a lot of them do. Because to me, although there's going to be days of failure, certainly there's going to be days of sin, and um, we need to ask God to forgive us for that. But uh, for the most part, like, God is whatever you make most important each day. So if God is really God to you, you know, you're going to be extolling him and he's going to be the most important thing in your life each day. You know, and then it starts talking about, you know, my God and king. Now, you know, we can research about kings in the past, certainly kings in the Old Testament, how they had servants and, and cupbearers. You know, it's not like the cupbearer got a day off. You know, he couldn't say, well, you know what, today I'm just not feeling it. I don't think I'll be a cupbearer today, or I think I'll go to another kingdom and be a cupbearer over there. No, that just didn't happen, period. 
Um, and even today, we can see, like, you know, with speeding laws and with really all the laws in our government, we can't take a day off. You know, if we get, get pulled over by an officer, we can't just say, oh, well, today I felt like not following the speeding laws. You know, we have to follow these things every day. So if Jesus Christ is truly our king, we're going to follow him every day. We're going to want to follow him every day. Um, so there's not a day off from extolling God. Now I want to talk about eternity. I believe that when we die and go to heaven, that heaven's going to be a constant worship of God. Because I personally believe that that is the highest form of joy and love and pleasure that we can have is serving God. So, if God has saved us to glorify Him, if God is saving us to sanctify us, to prepare us for heaven, then we should be glorifying God every day here and now. You know, I often think in the Bible, you know, it says that you know, we're going to get these crowns for things that we've done on earth. But we're going to lay all those crowns at Jesus' feet. Well, daily we need to be laying our lives at Jesus' feet. We need to be laying everything we have at Jesus' feet. So now I'm going to reread uh, verse 2. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord... Oh, okay. Um, this would be the centerpiece of my message. Although I, only, I know it's only verse 2. The reason why this is the centerpiece of my message is because of this word, every day. As I was talking about earlier, it's certainly great to um, have that New Year's resolution on January 1st. You know, it's the start of a new year. Um, it it just kind of seems to make sense to, to change some things in your life. And... I have nothing against, although I know some people do, I have personally nothing against, you know, a rededication at a camp or a church. You know, at a camp, you know, you throw the stick in the fire and say, well, you know, I've decided I'm going to start really following the Lord now. Um, I think oftentimes people actually get saved in those circumstances. But the problem with those, when it's not real, is that, okay, they go home they start reading their Bible for maybe one or two weeks. And it's awesome. They're, you know, they're getting things from it. They're growing. Uh, maybe they're going to church. But then after that two weeks, they turn on the TV, and there's this movie that comes on. And, and they remember maybe, oh, there was this R-rated movie I really wanted to see, and here it is, it's on. And they say, well, I don't know. I guess I can watch it. It's just one movie. It's just one night. What can one night possibly affect? So they watch it. And then the next day, they're like, well, I'm kind of busy tonight. It's been kind of a late night. I'm, I'm really tired. Or, you know, if they do their devotions in the morning, they get up a little late. And they're like, well, I don't really have time to do my devotions. So they skip it that day. And then they skip it the next day. And then they skip it the next day. And the next day. And eventually, they're not doing it at all. I think that can be a danger um, if we don't purpose in our hearts each day to live for the Lord. To me, devos 
often we could see it like a gas tank. You know, if you miss your devos one day, just like if you miss one time, you know, at a gas station, then you're all right. You still have some gas in the tank. You can keep going. But eventually you're going to run out. And if you run out, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to get that car to the next gas station. Just like when we run out of, um, we stop doing our devos for a while, and we don't have that spiritual fluid in the tank, eventually it becomes a lot harder to start to do our devotions again. Personally, I find that the case. If I um, skip devotions for a few days, and then I'm trying to get back into it, you know, Satan's really trying to stop me. And I don't have that spiritual strength I once had when I was in God's Word every day. But is that what it's all about? Is it just about us? Is it just about our spiritual growth and how we need these things? Absolutely not. There is a bigger reason to be devoted to God every day. And that is that God is just amazing. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. You know, and this is the same Jesus who is perfect, who is holy, who is everlasting, who has been here forever. The same God that is so holy that he must judge sin. And the same God that created this world, this universe, <coughs> and everything we see. And if that's the case, does he not deserve our blessing and praise every day? Absolutely. I mean, I can stack up all these reasons why, oh, it's going to help us if we serve the Lord. You know, we're going to have this awesome life. You know, I, I can sound like Joel Osteen up here, but the truth is, there's a lot of suffering in the life of a Christian. But it's suffering for the greatest cause of all, and that's Jesus Christ. And the great thing is, because we have the Holy Spirit indwelling within us, because God has allowed us to be believers. We can meet with him every day. We can commune with him. We don't need a high priest. We are believer priests. And I, I just love that we have that opportunity. And we should be using that opportunity every day to meet with the Lord. Verse number three. <clears throat> great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. The Lord is so great, you know, like I said, his greatness is unsearchable. Every time they build a, a, a telescope, I know this is true with the Hubble telescope, they got to see more of the universe than they even thought existed. And to me, I, I think that's going to be true every time they build a telescope. It's just amazing what God's created in this universe. But, I mean, you can bring it down to the very micro level of looking at our DNA and just what creates us, what makes us as human beings. And it's just amazing. You know, it's even possible, because God is a creator, that there's many other worlds and universes that we don't know about. Certainly, his greatness is unsearchable. But even if we don't think about that space and, and science stuff, it is impossible to know the depths of God's love 
for us. It's impossible to know all about his mercy. It's impossible to know about his holiness. The Bible talks about um, the scrolls cannot contain. You know, you could have scrolls wrapped around this whole earth. You know, Jesus' love is deeper and wider than the biggest ocean. So, his greatness, again, is, is unsearchable. And the great thing is, this is not a God like the deists would believe that, you know, he's created this world, he's put everything in place, and then he just walks away and lets it go. Actually, it's the exact opposite. Jesus Christ came on this earth to partake of our humanity, to go through all the pains and sorrows. Of course, he didn't sin, but he went through all, all the temptations that we've gone through. Um, he's in some way experienced. Did he come on this earth to be a king, to be worshipped and loved by everyone? <laughs> no, not at all. He came to, to, on this earth to die in a way that is described because of how bad his death was, as excruciating. So, if that's true, how can we not live daily for a God like that? A God who is making intercessory prayers for us each day. A God whose mercies are new each day. We have no excuse to not praise him each day. So that section, it had to do with what we should be doing and why we should be doing it. Now I want to talk about the ramifications of such things, which are just amazing. Verse number four. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Now, I know most of you are young. I'm 24, turning 25 this year. I still consider myself quite young. But at the same time, I know some friends of mine, specifically one I can think of, who they'll be having a child very soon. And it's making me think, like there's a generation coming up. Am I showing that generation Christ? You know, of course we need to think of the people our age around us and even the people that are older than us. But um, in the context of this, it's like, you know, we're, we're going to be raising kids, most of us. And if not, we're going to have friends that have kids. And for this word to continue to the next generation, we need to be preaching it. Not only preaching it, though, we need to be living it. My generation was bombarded very much with postmodernism, with homosexuality being okay, with abortion being more and more accepted as well. And it's just getting worse. So if we're not daily being a witness, if we're not daily living out the Bible, then there's going to be some big issues with the next generation. And they're not going to be standing on these things that we stand for today. I, I think a big problem with Christianity today is often like, 
You have people who will go to church on Sunday, and they can live, you know, a pretty good life on Sunday. They can look good. They can dress up right, you know. And maybe even, if they're lucky, they go to church on Wednesday night. They'll, they'll go to prayer meeting. And then the next day, you know, they're in a bar. And that, that can't be. That's not going to work. People looking that, the, the next generation coming up, sees that as what it is, hypocrisy. So we need to be very careful. You know, this is why I talk about daily devotion. Verse number five. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I'll meditate. Now, when I hear the, med- the word meditation, I often think of devotions, daily devotions, which I've talked about a little bit earlier. But I really want to emphasize this. Because I think that, like, we can be at school here. We can be doing our exams, you know, doing our projects, talking with people about God, and all these things that were required. But we can be missing a true meditation with God. That's why it's just so important to, you know, whether you do it at night or in the morning, to have that daily quiet time with God. To just sit down with His Word, praying to Him, and just being absolutely marveled by His majesty and His glory. If we do that, that is how God will be able to intercede in our lives. That is how God will really change our lives. You know, there's often a saying, sin can take you away from the Word of God, or the Word of God can keep you away from sin. I I really think that's true. Um, But as I've said before, like, this is something we need to purpose in our hearts every day. It's not exactly the same as, you know, being hungry or being thirsty or needing to breathe, or um, even needing to have, you know, social time. It is something that our hearts should desire as a Christian. But because of our flesh, we really need to fight that, and purpose in our hearts, like, okay, today I am going to, at some point, do my devotions. I'm going to take a half an hour or hour out, and I'm just going to spend that with God. And it's hard. I understand that, especially today. You have so many distractions like you know, Facebook and Twitter and PlayStation that keep us away from these things. But if we come to the point where we're doing this every day, I think we're going to find that all those distractions pale in comparison to the true joy of meeting with the Lord each day. Because to me, true joy comes from God's word, and it comes from prayer, and it comes from just loving him. Verse number six. They shall, they shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. To me, the day is kind of coming back to talking about the generation coming up. I was at a, a Christmas play that Main Street Baptist Church in Sackville put on. And it was really, really touching and really encouraging to me. 
There was something about just hearing kids at the end of the play singing, I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. It was wonderful. But the reason why these things are happening, the reason why there is children today that are following God's word and that are still glorifying God is not because somebody made a resolution on January 1st or threw a stick in a fire. It's because of people, people like David. It's because of people like Paul. It was because of people like Spurgeon and today, you know, people like MacArthur who have spent their lives studying God's word and living it out, who each day devote themselves to saying, you know what, it's all about God. So I can't stress enough of the importance of daily devotions. Verse number seven. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Now, some of you know, probably, that music is something that I cherish, something I, I think is very important. So when the Bible talks about singing, I really pay attention and, and I enjoy it. You know, I, I find daily just singing Christian songs, having that melody in my heart, allows me to focus on God on a daily basis. And I believe that God loves that when he sees his children singing to him and glorifying him in that way. I think there's a daily decision that we need to make when it comes to music, though. Because to me, it's a lot like the heart. What's in your heart is going to come out in your actions. I believe what you listen to each day is going to come out in what you sing. And I, I know that's true even... You know, times where I'm at a store or, you know, listening to a song on the radio and it's catchy. You know, I, I might catch myself singing it until I realize, wait, what am I actually singing? This is terrible. So the things we listen to, like I say, they turn into what we sing. And we can be a witness to people this way with our music. You know, if we sing and unsaved people are hearing us sing, you know, I've decided to follow Jesus. You know, they're singing Revelation song, which I think is just a wonderful song. Um, that can be a great witness, you know, but it can also be a really bad, I guess, witness too, if they're hearing us singing something like Eminem or something really offensive. I mean, that could blow it for us right there. Verse number 8. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is just so gracious to us, you know, and this whole thing, like I say, it's a praise. Um, so he continues on, David does, praising God. I don't think we'll fully understand just how gracious God is, because I, I don't think we'll ever fully understand our sin. I mean, certainly we do enough that we realize we need repentance, we need to change, that Jesus Christ died for our sin. But if we truly realized how much our sin hurts other people and how offended God is by our sin, I mean, I, I think it would change our lives even more radically. So I think that's certainly something we can work on. Um, 
We are sinning on a constant basis. Now, I'm not saying we can't, you know, as a Christian, we can certainly have victory over sin. I'm, I'm not talking about that. But there are so many things we do that go against God's nature. You know, and I said earlier, you know, the fact that I'm even able to preach, you know, stand up here as a sinner, talking to other sinners about God, is just a showing of God's mercy and God's grace in my life. So another resolution I believe we can have is we need to be able to forgive ourselves as God has forgiven us. You know, if we can't forgive ourselves for what we've done in our past, that's a fast track to doing absolutely nothing for the Lord. So I think it's, you know, a good exercise to, in our devotions, always say, thank you, God, for forgiving me. Thank you that that sin that I've struggled with for most of my life is behind me. But you know what? If we're going to do that every day, this implies that we need daily repentance. And this repentance needs to be true. We need to understand that God's mercy is available for us, if only we would pray. Now, I want to talk about a little bit um, the fact that God is slow to anger. You know, I kind of messed up over break. And I believe that God's forgiven me for that. But it's great, you know. I came to the realization that I need to repent for what I did. And he didn't help me through this by chastising me. He helped me get through this through encouragement. Encouragement from my pastor. Encouragement from um, a Christian friend as well. But if I didn't resolve that day to ask God for repentance, if I didn't resolve to go actually meet with that pastor and talk to him and be encouraged by that, I might be facing chastisement today. But it was just a great showing to me that, again, you know, God is slow to anger. Verse 9. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. God is good to all in the fact that He has even given us life. You know, He is good to us each and every day. And I say to you, you know, what right do we have to not be good to Him each and every day? I think that we could be in a lot worse situation than we are. And I, I know personally I have a problem sometimes with complaining. But then I, you know, get near God and I pray to Him. And I realize that you know, God has blessed me beyond belief. And that certainly turns things around. So, we need to make a resolution each day to thank God for that and then to live for Him. To conclude, I just want to encourage you. Um, I've gave you the many reasons to live for Christ and then I've given you the result so, you know, don't make a resolution because it's New Year's. And don't make a resolution because you're at a church or because you're at a camp. Wake up each day, no matter how hard life is, praising God. I talked about, in my first part of my sermon, 
but how David had a lot of really hard things that happened in his life. A lot of it was his enemies. Some of it was just himself. But here he's saying, no matter what I've gone through in my life, I have no reason not to get up every day and praise God. So, just like David, if you have one resolution this year, I would pray that you would make it that. Thank you.